What is going on, everyone? Welcome to the Mission Driven Made podcast. This is your host, Jacob Straub, and welcome to another episode of the Friday Debrief. If you're new today, what we do here at Mission Driven Made is equip and empower you to have a high-achieving and mission-driven life. So we're excited that you're here not just to listen to the episode, but to be part of this community and part of this high-achieving movement. So it's awesome that you're here. And for the rest of you, I just wanted to say uh, some of my thoughts this morning. I was thinking about the last few months that I've been doing these solo episodes or Friday debriefs, as I call them. I didn't realize how challenging they were going to be. It seems so simple just to pick up a mic and talk for 10 to 20 minutes and that's it. I didn't realize so much goes into preparing one of these articulating it in the right way, and then essentially presenting it to all of you. I have a long way to go, but I can't promise you I'm going to continue to improve and continue to provide value in a higher way as time goes on. So that is my promise to all of you. So thank you for all of you that have been patient uh, along the way as I uh, try to improve these episodes for all of you. So for those of you that didn't hear Monday's podcast, it was with Mike Janke, who is a former Navy SEAL Team 6 sniper, and the title of the episode was Bullet Holes, Scars, and Failures. Now, that conversation was so impactful for me that I decided the Friday debrief uh, today had to be a part two. That's how impactful it was for me. So for those of you that have not listened to that episode that came out on Monday, make sure you do, but I'm going to give you a little brief overview of how the conversation went anyway. So with all my guests, I try to start the show with not just learning about all of their accomplishments because all of them are very accomplished and that's great and I absolutely love that, but I like hearing about their upbringing and the things that made them them, essentially. And a lot of times, depending on the person, you can really understand that person or understand why they are where they are in their life, partly because of their childhood or even their teenage years. So his story, Mike Janke, started off growing up in Pennsylvania. If I remember correctly, he grew up on a farm. So he talked about he had this mentality. It wasn't just him, but people in his family of high achievement, work ethic, and always improving at what you're doing. So he learned this from a very young age. And one of the questions that I asked him, and I believe I asked it multiple times throughout the episode, but just in different ways, is if he noticed when he was growing up, if there was something different about him if he felt unique in some way. I know we're all unique and we all have, you know, different qualities and characteristics, but the way his mind was at such a young age, that is definitely not normal. But I mean that in a in a good way. The way he looked at work and the way he looked at achievement, this wasn't an everyday type of a teenager, to say the least. So we learned about his childhood. We learned what made him tick at a young age. And then eventually, we moved our way into when he went into BUDS and eventually became a Navy SEAL. So I didn't go into super you know, detailed my questions about specifics in BUDS. 
you know, everyone can look that up online. There's thousands of videos that have to do with uh, Navy SEAL training. So what I wanted to get out of him was more of the mindset that he had when he was going through all these adversities and struggles and doing everything it took to become a Navy SEAL. So that's where my my interest really started sparking was hearing his mind when he was going through this process. So he was successful, obviously, in becoming a Navy SEAL. And then he goes into what it took to be part of Navy SEAL Team 6. Now, for some of you that don't know what that is, that is the highest level, highest performing military special operations unit in the entire world. Looking into the Navy SEALs, that's already pretty much the elite of the elite. Now, Navy SEAL Team 6, as uh, Mike Janke said, only about 1% of Navy SEALs actually make it onto that team. So that is the elite of the elite of the elite. And how he described it was they were a professional sports team on steroids, but without the, (laughs) the steroids part. So my question to him was you were already around super high performers and high achievers and that there had to be something different about him to make it to Navy SEAL Team 6. I've noticed sometimes when I ask questions like this, it's hard to get it out of people because a lot of these high achieving people, they're very humble at the same time and don't necessarily like bragging about themselves. But what Mike told me, He said what got him from where he was to being successful and making it onto Navy Navy SEAL Team 6 was almost an obsession about improvement in his craft. He had an obsession to be better at every aspect of his job. So that's what he said he did to kind of stand out among the rest. He said he was already around tons of high achievers, but he just had this mindset of improvement, improvement, improvement. So from there, we kind of talked about after he left the military and how he became a high-level entrepreneur. He actually didn't use those words. (laughs) That's just kind of my own assessment from what he was uh, telling me. He started, I believe it was eight different businesses, and these weren't small-time businesses. Some of these uh, businesses or companies that he started had over 8,000 people in them. So I couldn't believe that. I mean, he not only was the best in the world in the military at his profession, he was an elite entrepreneur as well. So you, all of you get the idea of the type of person or at least the mindset that he had to be so accomplished And one of the last questions that I ended up asking him, and I've been trying to ask most of my guests this as well. I asked him, why did you choose to live such a mission-driven life? And he had a, a few parts in his response. But something he said, it left me speechless I don't know if dumbfounded is the right word, but I was sitting there with my my mouth hanging open and got the goosebumps to be to be honest. I know it sounds silly, but I did. And he said he lived such a mission-driven life and 
chose to do that because he wanted at the end of his life, while he is sitting there in his casket, he wants his casket to be filled with bullet holes, scars, and failures. He said that and I had no words. I was thinking so deeply on what that comment meant. And he explained a little bit, but I also had my own interpretation. And it was one of those things that immediately impacted me, even to the point where I had a little bit of a perception shift in my brain. Don't you guys just love those moments where you're listening to someone that you respect very much or someone that you learn a lot from and to the point where they say something, it's like a little light bulb goes off. When that happens, I get really excited. So he said that. He said, I want at the end of my life, in my casket, I want there to be bullet holes, scars, and failures. So you may notice he didn't specifically say anything about wanting specific achievements or necessarily being the absolute best with what he was doing. Although I personally do think he was the best at what he was doing. What I took from that was when we look at our life, when we are toward the end of it, I know that sounds a little bit morbid, but we want to have pushed the bar so much in our life, set our goals so high that because of that, there's going to be some bullet holes, some scars, and some failures. And I started thinking, and this isn't just for all of you. This is for me too. This is for probably 99% of people. We can be so worried about failure that it's actually holding us back from what we want to accomplish. Mike Janke's mindset was failure is going to be part of the process, at least micro doses of failure, because I'm going to push myself so hard and so far past what is humanly imaginable or or possible. I'm going to push myself so much that the result, there is going to be some scars and some failures along the way. Now, just to kind of give us a few thoughts and uh, considerations from what I learned that day, I wrote down a couple uh, points that I want to convey to all of you to how can we live this type of life? How can we look back at the end of our life and think like he did? What are some takeaways that we, we can do and put it into practice to move more toward this high achieving type of life. Now, point number one, and this is going to be no surprise to any of you, is being mission driven. I'm sure none of you guessed I was going to say that. (laughs) So being mission driven. So a reminder, mission driven, it's taking imperfect but relentless action toward our goals and toward our life in doing so every day. So in that podcast, you'll notice his entire life might have not been perfect. He might have had plenty of failures, but he took action his entire life. 
nothing is going to happen for any of us unless we take action. It all starts there. Yes, along the way with whatever we are doing, we do eventually have to learn to improve our abilities and our skills and our systems, but we can't even get there unless we take action and take relentless action. And what I mean by relentless is you don't stop, you don't give up, no matter no matter how many failures come along the way. So that's point one, being mission-driven. Point two, and this, uh, this point here is something that's actually newer for me. I didn't really start thinking about this too much until the last year or two. This was a big shift in my thinking that I learned from some pretty incredible people. So number two is view your small wins as momentum to achieve more. So what I mean by that is sometimes we accomplish something. Could be big, could be small, could be somewhere in the middle, whatever it is. And what so many of us do is after we have that small win or that accomplishment, we just want to celebrate. And we want to sit back and, and chill like we we deserve that or we owe it to ourselves. Now, I'm not saying don't ever celebrate, don't ever get excited, don't ever be happy that you achieve something. But when we start getting to the place where we need to celebrate every small win by taking weeks off with whatever it is we're doing, I feel like that is kind of setting us up for, if not failure, it's kind of setting us up to be stagnant, which is what none of us want. So yes, of course, celebrate your wins from time to time if you need to, but used those small wins that you have as momentum for more achievement. You're going to notice too, when you do that, it's kind of like compound interest. It's going to get easier to achieve more after you've achieved something. It's a a very interesting, not principle in psychology, but just the psychology behind it is, is very fascinating. So point one, mission driven, Point two, use those small ones as momentum. And point number three, have a perception shift of what failure means. So when we look at failure or when we fail at something, it can be heartbreaking, can be absolutely devastating. And this is not easy. And I don't even necessarily like saying failure is part of the process. Uh, I know that's true to some extent. That's a little bit cliche because failure isn't always so black and white depending on how you see what failure is because there's micro failures, there's massive failures. But anyways, let's start looking at failure as something that isn't so scary. Think of it as this is an obstacle that I need to get through, around, or past to get one step closer to my goals. Use failure as a way to learn, a way to grow, and a way to improve. Now, I very much so think in life and in situations there are people who win and people who lose. I very much agree with that, but at the same time, 
view failure as this opportunity to get better at whatever it is that you are doing. All right, so let's go through those three points one last time to finish off the episode here. Point number one, be mission-driven. Point two, view those small wins as momentum to achieve more. And point number three, let's have a perception shift of what failure actually is. So thank you, everyone, as always, for tuning in to the Mission Driven Made podcast. If you found value in today's episode, or if it even just made you think a little bit more, which is also one of my goals, to make you think a little bit more, go ahead and subscribe to the show, and then take just a few seconds and leave a five-star review. And I forgot to say this the last couple episodes, but remember, if you want a question answered on a later podcast episode, then go ahead and fill out that little AMA section. You're going to see it there in the show notes. It's going to say AMA or Ask Me Anything. Go ahead and click that. It's going to take you to a separate page, and it's going to take maybe 30 seconds or so or less. Fill that out with your question, and it is going to be answered on a later podcast episode. I'm doing this partly because I enjoy engaging with all of you so much, and this is just another way uh, to do so. So again, thank you everyone so much for taking the time out of your busy day uh, to listen to the episode. It's been great, like I said, getting to know some of you, getting to engage with some of you, and learning how to provide value more to some of you. So love you guys. I hope you have a great Friday and great weekend. And until next time, everyone, stay mission-driven. Stay mission-driven.